Hello folks and welcome to this evening's stream or morning depending on where you are. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, Lisa and I have volunteered to do this kind of live Ask Me Anything as of the Festive Tech calendar. Um, if you haven't checked out the Festive Tech calendar, make sure you do check it. The link is on the screen below. There are events happening every day, every day of the month, I think. Um, and there's multiple events and it's just a free event to help everybody in the community learn something new or have some fun. And there's lots of prizes to be won and stuff like that as well. So yeah, we're gonna have fun tonight. So make sure mm -hmm. you put your questions to us. We've got a few questions that folk have already sent in that we'll be tackling. Um, but yeah, feel free to ask some questions and interact with us because we definitely want it to be interactive. However, hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, <laughs> I am good, thanks. How are you, Sarah? I'm good, thanks. I can't believe good. it's Wednesday. Um, yeah. Yes, this, this week is flying in and also I'm really busy this week and I really expected things to be quieting, you know, getting quiet uh, in the run up to Christmas, but this week's been super busy and actually next week's looking, to be fair, pretty busy. Um, I think because Christmas is on a weekend. Yep, definitely. Yeah, there's fewer weekends in the month to get organised, right, to do Christmas shopping and do things like that and we have technically like four full weeks of working <laughs> who do we call about that <laughs> i don't know it's, it's yeah don't know let's not think about that lisa no. <laughs> um so we've actually got our first question from the live stream and i think it's probably appropriate to start with it given mm -hmm. its theme and our nationality so the question is what's your favorite scottish word or saying I oh I don't know if there's oh, any no. I can say live on. on I know, like. yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, you know what? What a word that I quite like. It's to describe the weather, and it's drich. That's a good. And one. I think that's kind of um, yeah. Keep the bleep. Do we have a bleeping? To <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I would say that Drich is definitely one of my favourite words. Um, it describes a, a wet, rainy, dark Drich day. Um, and we, we have quite a few words like that, actually, <laughs> to describe. Uh, yeah, weather. And what were you, Sarah? I don't know. I was going to say, it popped into my head the phrase, goni no. And Go that's like... <laughs> <laughs> and that's a proper <laughs> Scottish like gonna no do that which mm. means don't do that I imagine mm -hmm. so that's that's quite good but I, I think I don't know about you Lisa but I feel like I use less Scottish words these days because mm -hmm. I have such an international audience I think yeah. when you and I get together and have like for the viewers watching Lisa and I regularly catch up at like lunch times and have, have big chats about anything and everything and our our speech gets really quick and I think we go mm. quite Scottish um but I tend to be more I want to say universal which is probably mm. the wrong word Lisa um when I'm speaking in these kind of audiences because a lot of people say we speak too quick as yeah. Scottish folk yeah um and sometimes they don't understand us I don't know yeah. does that make I, sense <laughs> I've had to yeah so I have had to really slow down really focus on pronouncing my words clearly um so that um 
I'm easily understood by everyone that I am talking to. But you're right, like when it's just you and me talking or when I get really excited <laughs> or really <laughs> angry <laughs> or really like passionate about something, um, I te- my speech speeds up and we probably roll our R's a little bit more um, yeah. and, and get a little bit more Scottish. It will be interesting to see actually what happens at the Scottish summit. Because I feel like the Scottish Summit, by the way, is going to be the event of 2022 that kicks off <laughs> and actually has so many people um, from all over the world coming. So, I mean, there's potential for us to get, you know, very Scottish at that event. <laughs> yeah, because I attended the last in-person one and I can't remember if that was the first Scottish Summit that was in person in 2019. And they had bagpipers at the door and then they piped in the keynote speaker and stuff. So the theme was very Scottish in terms of that. And I've seen a lot of chat about people booking hotels already because they're excited about coming across. Um, Lots of new speakers, Um, me, an old speaker, will be there as well. (laughs) Um, Which actually is quite a nice segment to one of the questions we received um, from Twitter. Um, And I think it was from Derek. Um, He said, can you show me around Scotland in February? Because he's coming across um, our Scottish summit. He doesn't know where to visit. And I was trying to think of must visit places or must do places or, and I don't, what I love, what I would genuinely say actually to people who are coming to Glasgow for a short space of time is to jump on that sightseeing bus that we have. Mm. Um, it's got an open top bit if the weather's nice, not if it's dreek. Um, but that's a really great place to like, or, thing to do because it can do the whole of Glasgow in about two and a half hours or something like that so you see lots of sites and stuff like that um but I'm guessing if anybody is coming across to Scotland and need some tips then do reach out to all of us local Scottish folk because we all have different ones because yes we're even Lisa and I are different parts of Scotland I don't know if you can pick that up from our accent Lisa's east coast are you northeast coast or east coast Lisa which where does Dundee sit in I would consider Aberdeen to be north, so I would yeah. say Dundee is just east, but it is slightly northeast. Yeah, yeah. and then um, you're on the west. Yeah, so we both have different perspectives um, about that, and I think I got slated once on Twitter suggesting all these places that people could visit in Glasgow, and I'm, they're like, "There's more places than Glasgow in Scotland," and I'm like, "Yeah, but that's where I'm from, so that's the low like." So yeah, to be fair, was that from other Scottish people? Because that sounds about right. <laughs> It was. I got absolutely mauled on Twitter for some suggestions. I was like, oh my God. Well, I'm none of that, thanks. Um, but I think, do you know what? Yeah, definitely reach out to any of your uh, Scottish uh, people in the community. They will have suggestions. You're never too far away from a castle. So those who are traveling from the likes of America or other countries that maybe don't have, they're not as old <laughs> as Scotland and they don't have, There's you're never far from a castle. You're never far for some some really you know good bits of history. It totally depends on what you want to do. There's actually quite a lot to do here. Um, I think if you're coming for the weekend, and I imagine people who are traveling really far will be, yeah. um, then you know you can get a train from Glasgow to Edinburgh, and I would, I would, I mean, you need to see Edinburgh Castle. It's <laughs> stunning. You need to walk up the Royal Mile. You need yeah. to experience the Royal Mile, and. The th- um, I don't even know how I'm going to describe this, but um, the concept of close, closes, closes, yep. 
<laughs> it's a really, really tiny gap streets in between very tall buildings. It's a very Scottish thing. We might need to give you guys a link mm-hmm. to something that explains that. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're if you're coming for a long weekend, then you know definitely try and get to Edinburgh as well. And um, if you just want to stay around Glasgow, then um, maybe we should create some kind of blog and tips and things that people can add to um, yeah. suggestions of things to do in Scotland and see in Scotland. But yeah, definitely reach out to us. And I am so excited for everyone to be visiting. And I'm I feel kind of proud that people are coming to Scotland. I won't be talking because. I disappeared off the face of the earth for a while and kind of missed all the call call for speakers. (laughs) But I will be attending and supporting everyone. Um, I can see Dan in the chat. Does alcohol help you slip into the Scottish speed? (laughs) Now, we can't talk about this on this live. Um, We've got to keep it. We've got to behave. I've been told to behave. So, um, But the answer to your question there, Dan, is yes. Yeah, Yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, you yeah. will struggle to understand me oh, once yeah. I have consumed alcohol. Sorry, I said I was going to behave. It's okay. Going back to the tourist trip as well, actually there's a train you can get from Glasgow to the bottom of Loch Lomond and you can see that as well. So I think that's like a 40-minute train um, and then you're you're at the bottom of Loch Lomond, which is obviously quite famous. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's lots to do, lots to see if you don't have cars and stuff like that, and you're coming to Glasgow. So yeah, I'm sure we can we can think of something before yeah. um, we'll be October. A, we'll become tour guides. Maybe that's a, yes. that's our new new career. <laughs> totally. After totally. this live, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. I think that would be fun to do as well. Um, sticking with the kind of theme of of podcasts and speaking and the kind of public element of it. Um, I think you and I have been quite active, at least for the majority of the last two years, if not before that, Lisa. Um, I think we've, we've both been quite active in the community. Um, how has like the last couple of years been for you? Like, has it been high, low, medium, just really hard? Because I know I've had, I've had some challenges over the last couple of years with being in this room and not yes. doing anything else. <laughs> so. yeah. I would say, you know, I like what you said, was, was there highs, was there lows? And I think the perfect way to describe it is a roller coaster. Um, I think I started my, I was out and about doing things before this, but I started my podcast in 2020 um, when we went into lockdown because yeah. I needed something to do and something to focus on. And I am so thankful for that experience and that process and I'm super thankful to everyone that I met through it like we became closer and the Microsoft community in general everyone is just so lovely and supportive and I loved having um, guests on my podcast and having just real conversations because that's what I like to do (laughs) Um, be real so I would say like totally through 2020 that was an absolute high Towards the end of 2020, I did begin to struggle. So I really began to struggle. And I I said to myself, you know, you cannot. uh, That was great. And it was a bit of a coping mechanism, but, you know, a bit opportunistic and making the most of what we had available. But I said to myself, you can't get through 2021 like that again. It's not, it wasn't sustainable. Yeah, It, it definitely wasn't sustainable. It was, I mean work was everything and then my podcast was everything else and there wasn't much going on around that 
So yeah, I said 2021, you can't do that, Lisa. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> and um, not only, so I started kind of, you know, going down the same route, podcast, community, etc. And then um, lockdown started to lift and we started to be allowed to do things. And then I forgot that I did somewhat have a life outside of work. <laughs> and then I was trying to figure that, how does that all fit together? How does the community fit together? And... I think as well, it made me realize that whilst the community and whilst I love my job, and I think I'll always be someone who will need to love what they do. I need to do something I'm passionate about. Um, I think that's just me. I will probably always give uh, 110%. I can't coast. Um, That said, I think the, the experience that we've all been through in the last like couple of years really made me reflect. And I think um, it's funny, actually. I went to see my osteopath at some point in between lockdowns, and I was speaking to the receptionist, and I've been going there ever since I started working in tech, actually, because mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting at a desk isn't good for you. Who knew? <laughs> um, <laughs> and the receptionist said to me, I'd said something about how I needed to stop working so hard, and she said to me, she said, Lisa, you've said that every single year that you've been here. And it kind of hit me this and this isn't a bad thing, but it kind of hit me that I have given my all to my career. Um, I'm known as like the career girl in my friends group and stuff. And I was like, that's great. And I don't think that will ever go away. But I really, really need to have something outside of this realm. Yeah. that is quite it's very different and and for me and I found that this summer and we'll come on come on to the <laughs> our outdoor activities that we got into um this summer but so I would say a roller coaster full of highs full of lows I think that's life I think it's going to continue to be like that um, and what I'm just trying to do now is maybe figure out how how to make, you know instead of like when those crazy roller case, coasters has got like the warnings and stuff yeah yeah, I went. I've, I went to Disneyland in Paris a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I just need one of those teacup rides. <laughs> you know, I need. I need like. I just need. I need to figure out a way of uh, balancing out um, the highs and lows, and and having them not be so extreme. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How have you felt? I think I've found that as well. I took the opportunity because I wasn't traveling and didn't have to deal with jet lag and all that kind of stuff, Lisa, to actually ramp up the activities I was doing when I was working at Microsoft. And I went full tilt, like really busy. I think over like a two or three month period, I spoke at like 20 odd user groups, which is insane because you would never have done that back in the like pre-COVID world. You would have maybe able to do maybe three because of budget or travel or whatever. Um, and that really burnt me out. I think at one point I hit proper like burnout. Like it was just not fun to stand here in front of this camera anymore mm-hmm. um, to a certain degree or it was a chore and I had to force myself. Um, so I definitely, you know, went full tilt up and then came crashing down because I didn't know how to find that happy medium um, of it. So it's definitely been a learning curve for me to try and figure that out, um, how to balance, you know, early meetings and late late nights, working at user groups and stuff. But on the flip side of that, I've had great experiences because I've been able to speak and connect to community members that I would never have been able to speak to normally because I think I connected with quite a few um, user groups and conferences in Africa 
And I don't think I would ever had that opportunity just because of the travel budget and the logistics of getting there. But I've been able to speak with them and, and hear from some of them. So that was great. Um, but it's definitely a new challenge going forward, how I'm going to balance being here and supporting the stuff that I love doing and only saying yes to the things that I really, really want to do. Because um, it's quite... This is a proper first world problem, right? Like it's quite draining to stand here in front of the camera and give a performance or a presentation. Even if you're doing it in person, standing on a stage, it is quite draining. Because let's face it, it is a performance. You are like performing in front of an audience because they expect a certain thing from you. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully a good presentation is one of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's quite draining to do that. And I don't think people yeah. fully understand some of that. So I've been trying to learn how to better cope with that mm -hmm. um, and think about the mental health aspect of it and make sure that I'm looking after myself and not just giving everything away. Yeah. Um, one thing that's actually I've that's helped me is actually listen to um, I don't know if everybody will know this comedian she's Scottish called Susan Calman um, and she's a comedian who has a lot of um, depression issues and stuff like that she's been quite open about some of her mental health issues but she did a podcast, um, I think 2018 and 2019, that I've only just found. And she talks about how the like comedians cope with that because they're quite a public facing and they're quite mm -hmm. they have to be on for that like half an hour or 45 minutes and how draining it can be and some of the coping mechanisms that they've had. So I'm trying to learn from other people like that as well outside that's of the tech a, industry. That's a, that is a great idea. I love that learning from other areas. Um, I love that because I think two things you mentioned there one um, it is really draining after I do it's funny so doing and I've been trying to think about this a lot more what do I enjoy what do I not enjoy what drains me but what also yeah. charges me up let's say and it's funny because a podcast I find doing a podcast one of the most relaxing things ever because I am in the moment yeah. I am fully giving that person 100% of my attention. I am completely in the moment. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I am not worrying about yesterday. I am present, right? Yeah. And, and we, you know, mindfulness and being present is such, it's a key. It solves depression. It solves anxiety. Anxiety, worried about the future, depression, potentially yeah. thinking too much about the past, right? So when I'm on a podcast, um, I love it. I find it the most relaxing thing ever. But after a podcast, I'm really, really drained because I give my everything to people. That's just kind of like who who I am. I'm like an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. One of the yeah. two. Basically, love people, love being around people, need to recharge by myself. Um, so I think that, yeah, that's, that's one thing. The other thing, you mentioned the word expectations. And I think that's so important to touch on. I think from and this will apply to everyone in the community who's been doing more throughout lockdown, you might feel like you've now set yourself a target or an expectation. Yeah. <laughs> you might think that other people have those expectations of you as well. Um, and that can be hard to deal with. Um, so I would definitely, every time one of those thoughts creeps into your head, I would definitely like try and pick that up, label it as an expectation, quickly decide whether it's someone else's expectation or your own. If it's someone else's, chances are you've made it up. People don't actually think about you as much as we like to think. <laughs> we love to think that people are thinking about us, right? We do, we're humans, that's yeah. that natural. 
They are not. People are not. And if it is your own expectation, then challenge yourself. Is it realistic? Is it yeah. fair? Are you being, are you setting yourself up for success or are you certain, setting yourself up for failure? Um, and that's definitely something I've been trying to do as I've stepped back into doing more things like this is to be realistic about the expectations that I let sort of land on me it's difficult though it's not easy (laughs) there's definitely things you can do I think to balance it out um, and protect your own mental health I think dancing in the the comments here that comedians do like performances night after night Mm -hmm. but what I don't think a lot of people realize is potentially I'm spending four or five days a week actually filming videos and recording and being the whole yay Sarah on camera so ultimately I am doing that back-to-back performances so now I'm very um, wary of doing that like I'll, I'll push things out and I'll maybe say only two days a week I'm doing like a live stream or a video or something and then that's it there's no more than that like if you don't get me on those filming days you don't get me till the next week or the week after or whenever to stop that burnout because at the end of the day or the end of the week you end up just flopping on the couch and just vegetating for the next two days until the cycle starts again (laughs) yeah because even if um so back when I was like really active it's not just the you know doing say this or a podcast or whatever back to back I definitely I crammed far too much in that was you know what's great I learned really fast um about lots of different things but yeah wouldn't necessarily advise that um but then also right we've got we're doing work as well so I am answering emails I am getting you know urgent requests from salespeople because they're always urgent when they come from salespeople and I've got people asking for help and I want to help them then I've got to you know be in a customer meeting then I've got to train salespeople uh sales teams then I've got to you know present to somebody else within Dell so yeah like you're like I have recognized that I need some downtime just before I do something like this and it can only be only needs to be half an hour I like to prep beforehand the half an hour before I like to zone out um and then to be honest if they are in the afternoon and they are something that's quite heavy hitting I just need to like I need to be offline I need to be away to recharge and I think it's just recognizing that and then starting to try and schedule things better yep um so Imran's asking how do you identify the signs of burnout and how should someone avoid it I'm gonna say that maybe you and I aren't the best use the cases because we didn't notice (laughs) I think I think we noticed it maybe in the other person like yeah. from our interactions but we never identified it as ourselves until like we were at that breaking point and then one of us said um, maybe you should stop doing that or like do something different like <laughs> yeah. I don't know have you have you got any w- w- words of wisdom since dealing with that or I would say so I can only share personally some of the signs looking back and some of the signs that I would say I'm still struggling with and so I'm mm-hmm. trying to be more aware of but I found myself getting really frustrated, so quite easily frustrated um, at any blockers that were put put in place. <clears throat> some, you know what, like I'm going to give myself some credit, like some I think I was okay to be frustrated at, but yeah. I would say frustration to a point that it was all consuming. So I felt like 
um, I really had no control over my day or my week um, or, you know, things that were happening within work. So I would say, like, yeah, yeah experience and frustration that kind of is all-consuming. I personally got really upset. Um, so I really struggled with getting quite emotional, which is really hard for a woman in tech because, yeah. whoo, I am always <laughs> questioning myself as to, am I just being emotional? Is this justified? Am I just going to be thought of as an emotional female? It's yeah. so hard because... <laughs> And then, you you know, you, you sit there and you think about it and you're like, no, no, this is valid. <laughs> so it's difficult. But I found myself very quickly getting to those points and being being quite emotional. Um, so I would say, yeah, frustration, all consuming thoughts, very all or nothing thinking. So very like this is all good or this is all bad. That's yeah. definitely a sign. Um, yeah, I was getting upset. Um, I would say also, you know, just really, I mean... <laughs> I'm not a morning person anyway, so I struggle to get up. But it was a different kind of struggle to get up. It was a, you know, I really, I don't, I don't want to get up. And it was almost this anxiety about logging on, about being in meetings. Um, and just, yeah, really, really struggling. Um, I think it's, I think, to be honest, everyone's going to need to experience a little bit of it um, to, for you to identify your own triggers. But like Sarah said, Make sure you've got someone to really talk to about things and talk, like, please talk about things. Don't be worried about being too, you know, moaning too much or complaining or, you know, if you've got someone that you can trust and confide in, one, they will tell you when you're moaning and complaining too much and you need to now, you know, take action <laughs> and move forward. But they will also listen and support um they will help you understand whether you are being rational reasonable etc and do you know what you probably are I think a lot of it is a build-up of lots of different things and things all happening at the same time that um can can cause burnout um but yeah make sure that you have someone to talk to whether it's someone um in your team or that you work with or someone that's in the similar like area outside of work um I, I know that again that was a super positive for me was meeting people that I could have those conversations with um, and especially other you know women in tech and you know shout out to I've got oh do you know what shout out to my teammate Michael Wells by the way Ooh, I had an absolute <laughs> meltdown a couple of weeks ago um, and I, ha I actually messaged them because again I was thinking do you know what I need to tell people I need to say look I'm struggling and I need help or can you just can you help me with this yeah. um, and he was so supportive and so understanding and I didn't feel judged and, you know, he gave me some really encouraging words and then really helped me solve the problem that I was that I was trying to 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 work on. So. So, yeah, I would I would do that. And then and we'll come on to this and um, get a hobby outside work. <laughs> <laughs> so since you've mentioned the hobby and I, I know what this big reveal is, but what is what has been your hobby that has taken you away from your desk and helped you recharge it? <laughs> So I have been living out my little girl dreams and I now have my own horse. Um, and honestly, I actually, every time I think about it, I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> so I, I, it was actually back in November of 2020. I decided that I needed an out, I needed a new hobby. I needed out of the house. Um, me and my brother had bought bikes in the summer, which comes on to you as well. <laughs> I think we. I've only. I only rode it like two or three times, Sarah. It, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but on one of the rides, we went. Um, 
across the river here to a forest and we were uh, riding around the forest on a really lovely sunny day and I came across a a yard and I seen loads of horses and people on their horses and I was like hmm because I used to ride when I was younger uh, really really young like I haven't been on a horse for over 20 years um but I, I yeah I loved them I loved spending dawn until dusk at the yard mucking out grooming just like doing whatever I needed to do to be with horses so I got back into horse riding in November then we went into lockdown um and I would definitely say that last lockdown was that was Mm. a breaking point for me that was so horrible um so I was the I was the person messaging them all the time when are you opening when are you opening um they took a little bit longer to open just because They'd been closed down for for so long, and it really impacted the yard um, and the riding school. So uh, they opened back up in May, mm-hmm. and uh, by September, I had a horse. <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, his name is Bailey. Um, he's beautiful. He's a bay. Uh, he's got a white stripe down his nose. Um, he's about fifteen to fifteen three hands. He is, um, he's 17 years old. He does not act like he's 17 years old. If Sarah, you'll have seen his videos on Instagram <laughs> running about the field. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, he has a best friend actually called Cody. They are inseparable. Um, so I have taken to, uh, yeah, sort of taking, I want to take Bailey in for his feeds. I take Cody in for his feeds as well. Um, so yeah, and um, I've been spending all my all my time at the yard <laughs> to the point where again back to that all or nothing I was like, right we need to try and figure out how we fit work this and a life in so, yep. so I've got my set days that I go to the yard tonight is obviously not one of them um I go five days a week though um and oh I absolutely love it Yep, I can see, and I've had the messages. She's been sending me pictures randomly all the time. Um, I have been receiving messages of the new outfits that she constantly buys, Bailey. Like, she's had a halloween theme one. Have you ordered his Christmas one yet? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, my favourite colour is blue. So, one of the big decisions is, you know, what colour of saddle pad are you going to go with? And, you know, what what's his colour going to be? Yeah. So my favourite colour is blue and has been ever since I was little. So he's got a blue saddle pad. I got him a blue head collar made. Um, I got him blue feed buckets. Um, I'm obsessed with Halloween. So I got him an orange saddle pad with a skull on it. And I got a very special handmade uh, Halloween halter, uh, rope halter for his head. It's very cool. Um, and then... I have just ordered him a red and green Santa uh, saddle pad and it also comes with a little ear bonnet but I think did you follow my story where I put the Halloween ones on him then he didn't really speak to me for two weeks yep. so yep. We, might get, we might give those a miss because <laughs> he was not amused <laughs> but it's been actually really nice seeing you be dead enthusiastic about something like yeah. that's that's taken you away and, and actually giving you the energy back to kind of come back and do this um, yeah because I think when I suggested doing this, you hadn't been on like Twitter and stuff or it done on your podcast. So I did feel a bit bad, but then I also was like, yeah, we need to get Lisa back. Sometimes you need a bit of a push, right? And it's like <laughs> having those people who know you really well and knowing that push is required. I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy, right? Last night I was out in Storm Barra, 
<laughs> Tonight, it's not even windy or raining, and I won't leave the house to go and pick up some parcels that I really need to pick up. But last night, I was out in a storm feeding horses in the dark and the wind and the rain. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know what's really great about it? When I have a bad day, and I t- like this is, again, I would say one of my signs, but it might be relevant to other people. Um, I want to go into like hermit mode, but in a in a negative way. Sometimes I do yeah. that, you know, that's fine. But I, I I don't want to leave. I want to hunker down. I'm like, I've had a bad day and I don't want to go anywhere. And I sometimes I think, well, I message the yard, well, I ask them to feed my horse. And then I'm like, you can't do that because yeah. they're busy. There are, you know, loads of horses at that yard. They, um, it's such a great yard, by the way. They're all so friendly as well. So shout out to Kinshawdy Stables. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I know that I need to go. And as soon as I get up and get dressed and get out of that house, honestly, it does wonders for my mood. Nice. Well, I'm glad oh, you've got it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so I didn't, I did not uh, take up. I, I, I mean, I loved riding my bike, but. Nah, I do you know what I live in the, where I live I live at the top of a hill in the city it's really not bike riding yeah. material like I need to take my bike somewhere and that's just not happened but you have also <laughs> taken up and spent a lot of money <laughs> on <laughs> an outdoor activity in fact if anybody else has taken up any new hobbies throughout lockdown or outdoor activities drop them in the chat I'd love yeah. to if anybody hey. else <laughs> So I love my bike as a kid, like see the minute school finished, Lisa, like in the summer holidays, I would be on my bike. I remember one particular year I finished school, we went to pick up my new bike and then I don't remember not being on that bike until I went back to school that whole summer. Um, And I've always said I wanted to get a bike again and stuff like that. But you know what it's like as an adult, you're like, oh, it's too much money, too much, you know, blah, 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 not enough time. And then I finally decided in the summer, I think maybe August, that I was going to get one. And I found this bike shop down in Kilmarnock that had the exact bike that I wanted. And when I went to visit the um, store, they were super friendly. The guy is amazing. I've been down several times since. Um, But he was just amazing. And I loved it. And see, picking up that bike, that was just an amazing day. And I've been out. I haven't probably been out as much as I, I would like to do just because of the logistics of it and time and it's not as easy and especially now that we've got winter and it's like dark before nine and after four and stuff like that but I love being out on that bike Lisa like we were off when I had a public holiday last Tuesday um and I was like I'm going on my bike and it was wet and it was rainy and it was horrendous like it should have been a day where I snuggled up and watched some Netflix mm-hmm. or Disney plus By but the, way, I, the power the power of proper waterproofs yes <laughs> I, like I can now get excited about proper warfare. Like, I just, I mean, I've lived. Obviously, I'm from Scotland. You'd think I'd be better at this, but I literally walk around every winter like a drowned rat, and um, because yes. I don't invest in proper waterproofs. Oh my god! Once you invest in water, proper proper waterproofs, <laughs> you can you can <laughs> go out. It's amazing. <laughs> I know I've done that. So I got for my birthday recently, I got my husband to buy me this really um, fancy uh, cycle jacket and I got to use it last Tuesday and I was like, look at me in the rain and the wind, it doesn't matter. And it was just amazing. Like I came back filthy and I had to clean the inside of my car because my bike just was absolutely gutted. But it's it's really nice to have that and it gave me so much energy just being out, even though it was a miserable day and I probably looked like an absolute idiot in all the kit that I've got. Um but all the gear, no idea. That's yeah. the 
<laughs> no leg power. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that, and it's definitely going to be something. Um, once I when I got the bike at first, um, we were still kind of in the tail end of summer, so I would get up early, Lisa, and go and go for a ride, and then come back and and get set up for work. And I love that, so yeah. I'm slightly gutted that the the daylights obviously decided to the, disappear. Um, the daylight but, has hit harder this year, and I was wondering why. And then I realised it's because I've been out every night at the yard until really late with loads of you know daylight. And yeah. now um, I only get to see Bailey in the daylight on a Saturday and Sunday. Yep, it's, yeah, and there's not enough time to do all of these things. Um, but yeah, I've spent a lot of money on the kit and it's been fun. And I'm looking forward to next year when we get get more places and stuff like that. Maybe I'll need to come come across the Dundee and we can yes. go for a slash horse ride slash bike ride and yes. look like idiots. Bailey <laughs> is a tad... Uh, let's call him sensitive do you know what's actually really interesting about this is he is sensitive and that's why he's not in the riding school right because he he can do private lessons and stuff but he um is not great in group lessons i'm not seeing yeah. this but apparently he <laughs> runs <laughs> from the back of the group in an unsafe manner so he um really benefits from this kind of like one-on-one like situation but he can get a little bit spooked at certain things he got spooked at a pigeon the other month and ran into the back of me but he <laughs> um, that was fun but um what's really interesting about that is um talking about being mindful practicing mindfulness and being in the present it is crazy to experience but when I when my energy rises when I'm on him his energy rises yeah. And the only way for me to get him to chill out is for me to chill out. Um, and it's really, it's a really nice way. Because sometimes practicing that, if you're just trying to do meditation or by yourself, is really difficult. But when you've got something like that that kind of forces you, you know, I have to do it. There's yeah. like another, you know, if there are, if it, there's a horse, like, depending on me to calm down. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's been another really great great thing about that is he um, yeah we both need to chill out together. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of questions in the chat. Um, I want to go to the the one about Scotland, and then we'll come back to your question, Pierre. Um, mm-hmm. Just to um, but first of all, Imran's asking, have we been to any new places around Scotland recently? Sky. Yes, you went in a caravan and drove a caravan, didn't you? Oh, I drove a renovated transit van. <laughs> thing. That's what it was. It sounded um, non-glamorous now. <laughs> I know it, it was really well renovated. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't glamorous, but it was. Um, <laughs> it was. It was amazing. Um, me and two of my best friends went on a road trip up to the Isle of Skye. And oh my, that place is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. It's tiny and there's actually so much to do on the island that we only actually, the way we'd planned our trip, we'd probably do it slightly different this time, but we only had a day there. Then we went up to, right, so you all need to Google this. Oh God, what's it called? Applecross. 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 Right, so yes. you all need to Google the drive to Applecross and you will find YouTube videos on it. I did not do this part of my of the drive. Shout out to Amy who did this. Because the drive to Applecross starts with a warning that you yeah. should not <laughs> use the road um, and bans <laughs> all kinds of uh, vehicles. 
but basically you're driving uphill like so steep and then it's like jackknifed and it's 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 beautiful but terrifying (laughs) like i've never done it it's on my bucket list to do because i love driving so i i want to drive it lisa and i did i i like driving but not that See, I'm probably going to have to do it myself because my husband and like my friends and stuff are pure like petrified of small roads and stuff, and I'm I'm like, foot down, just go. Um, so yeah, I might have to do it myself. Um, but yeah, Applecross is. is... You can drive. We'll go on a trip. We'll get this renovated transit van. She's called Scylla. Oh, yeah, from Perthshire camper vans i think it's a it's a lovely lady who basically has these uh renovated like vans and uh camper vans she was nice. lovely um but i would oh apple cross was stunning once you'd got up the hill and you were driving there it honestly felt like you were driving to the the end of the earth yeah it was beautiful and when you got there there's a big bay that comes in from the like the north sea and um or it's not it's over the side yeah, yeah. It's Atlantic. Try to think of a map. Um, and we watched the sunset and had dinner and sunning. Yeah. Absolutely sunning. Um that's part of the, the North Coast 500 or NC 500 route. If anybody has seen that advertised, so you'll hit Apple Cross if you do the NC 500. Um, that's yeah, that's what to do if you're coming across. And we, on the way, we stopped off at one of, uh, I think it's Scotland's most photographed castles, Elan Donnan. That was stunning. And Joe, you know we had we had amazing weather as well. We we're so lucky for it. It was it was brilliant. I got engaged at Elan Donnan. Did you? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> um, that? Maybe one date. No, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Two places I actually visited this year that have been on my bucket list for ages were Dornock and Braemar. Um, Dornock's kind of further up, like beyond um, Inverness, away up, up that side of the, the coast. So it's proper northeast. Mm. Um, and then Braemar is actually kind of in the highlands. Um, it's where like the Queen, so the Queen of England or Queen of UK, whatever you want to call her, um, actually has um, her one of her castles, our, our Scottish home, uh, Balmoral, is just like 15 minutes away from it. So that's the kind of geography of that. They're amazing places. They're dead chilled out. They're lovely if you just want to go away for a weekend and just, you know, chill. Um, where we stayed, we stayed in Dornock, right on the edge of the sea. So we had a caravan and looked out on the sea. It was amazing. The beaches were stunning. Um, and Braemar is just a lovely little town where you can get, like, amazing chocolate shop. Um, and there's lovely, like, cafes and, and stuff like that. Um, and it's great in the summer because there's lots of activities. And also Braemar um, is near lots of um, skiing as well, if you want to do stuff like that. So... I would drive to Sky in the summer. I was amazed that like we kept coming across again, the sun was blazing and we kept coming across loads of different lochs and there was tons of water sports going on. People having a great time. Yeah. And I was like, I need to so I think next year we're gonna try and get another another um like Scottish road trip in because there's so much to see here and it's a, it's a crime that I have not uh, yep. seen more of it. <laughs> So I want to I want to get back to Pierre's question, which is yeah. is quite a, a, a serious question given the, the trouble uh, the topics we've been covering. But I want to do cover it. So Pierre's asking, um, he struggles to know what we as men can do to support uh, to be supportive without being patronising. So he's looking for any suggestions we have on being better allies. This is a tough topic, um, I know. and 
again, do you know what's funny? It's it's horrible that I feel like this. Um, but as I was saying earlier, when I was feeling emotional, and then I have this inbuilt reaction of, um, it will I be perceived as just an emotional female? Is this justified? Am I being too emotional? The same barrier automatically comes up with this question because I think, can I really share what I think? Will I be judged? Yeah. Will I be told I'm being negative? Um, and it, that's sad in itself. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny that this question's come back up because this is actually kind of a question you asked me way back in your podcast at like April 2020, which is weird. I listened to it, uh, Lisa. Oh my God, we sound different. Um, <laughs> but I think we talked about women in tech and how we both at that time shied away from anything that had women in tech branded on it because we hated the connotations of it. Mm. I don't know if I've changed my opinion since then because I've actually got more involved with women in tech activities or been more active in that space since. I have. And yeah. you know what I've really realised? And it was through 2020. It was through all the trouble in America. It was about learning about white privilege and learning about privilege in general. Um, more about mis like us living in a misogynistic world um and just you know bias etc and i think that i mean there were there were at different stages in my career there were reasons why i stayed away right the first one and i would say i've grown from this was that um not that the points are not still valid is that i didn't relate when i went um even in women tech events there seemed to be this you know if you're not technical i.e you're not like a software yeah. developer and you've also not given birth it was almost like you weren't a woman in tech. So that in <laughs> itself, I stand by that. Yeah. The other the other uh, sort of realisation that I came to in 2020 was that, and this is where you get deep, guys. So again, I would say point one on being allies is that when things get deep and it gets uncomfortable, please just stick with it. If like thoughts come up and you feel like you're triggered or you feel like I'm offending your ending, please just stick with it. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? Because I actually, as a woman in tech, <laughs> went through this same thing in 2020. <laughs> and what I realized is that I had become numb to so much. So especially when the Sarah Everard thing happened as well, right? That tragedy yeah. in London. I was speaking to my friend about this the other day. We had like a really um, deep, interesting conversation about it. And again, that's rare for us. We don't actually speak to each other about what we're going no. through. But I realised, I will get to my point, I realised that I'd become numb to quite a lot of things. So back when I was young and in my 20s, I was like, I don't need to be part of these women in tech things because I'm going to make it on my own. Yep. Wow. <laughs> like, it's a shame that I actually thought like that, but that is the yeah. environment that we create, right? So I was like, I'm going to make it on my own. I don't want to make it because I'm a woman, blah, blah, blah. Now, there's still some of that that rings true, Right. But really, what I was doing, I was like, you know, I can I can get on with guys, blah, blah, blah. And I do. I naturally get on with guys. Love a bit of banter. I think, to be honest, when you're from Scotland, it's hard to not get on yeah. with anyone. <laughs> but, um, I was, there's a concept called pick me, right? And again, I'm not going to, I hope I'm not going to, well, I might offend people. But pick me um, is a, a trait that some women have, which is a, we have been brought up our entire existence, things that are so ingrained in society that you do not even notice them, that we are to compete against each other, yeah. mainly for men, but now it's become for jobs or, or all these kind of things, right? And that means that you will tolerate 
things that are unhealthy or unacceptable because you want to be the cool girl you want to be the one that fits in with the gags and you want to like make it etc and when the when I started to learn about like think really more about white privilege about thinking about my position as a white woman who is the closest to the top of the food chain and yes white guys I'm talking at you (laughs) (laughs) and then what we can do to help support our black or women of color because they have it the worst and I started to really, really think about this. And that coupled with the Sarah Everard thing, I honestly blew my mind in 2020. I started to learn about and think more about how I have put up with so much in my career because I'm just numb to it. And the Sarah Everard thing, I started to think about what, what I've experienced on nights out, what I've experienced at work, how I myself, when it's dark like this and I need to go to Tesco's, all the things that go through my head to prepare myself for that walk the thing that we the fact that we need to think about what makeup we wear and how we dress so I would say to be a better ally there are a couple of things one please try and understand that when we are talking about these things because this is what I really struggle with I'm not saying poor me I'm not being a victim and I'm not moaning but I'm trying to explain to you that there's a large part of our brain and our subconscious that is taken up on the daily dealing with things that we, you know, being a female in a man's world, because it still is. And I would say the second thing is, please also remember that being an ally does not come with a certificate or a badge. It also does not absolve you from hearing about... um, hearing about it doesn't absolve you from potentially being problematic every one of us has a mother right we have sisters we have you know it it, you don't then automatically not sexist right and we're not blaming you personally this is a (laughs) this is a like society thing right but it doesn't come with a certificate it doesn't come with a badge and it doesn't mean that when someone raises a topic or a problem when a woman is sharing an experience that they have to then go and list all the men that they're not referring to because you consider yourself an ally and it's not you. Yep. We are constantly, every single time we have, we want to tweet and people are you know, more open about it than others, but don't for a second think that they're not thinking, someone is going to try and tell me how I should have said that better or I'm going to have offended someone who it doesn't apply to. Please take that energy that you get in being offended and please put it to better use. Yep. That is, and do you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry for going on a rant, but that was really, it wasn't the main reason I disappeared off social at all. There was a lot of different reasons, but that definitely was a factor. And coming yeah. coming back on, I've seen, I've seen bits of it again. And it will, it's a shame because it's, it's already put me off and I'm yeah. trying to be there because representation is so important. So now I see it as more of a, and I don't know if this is what you now think, Sarah, too. Mm-hmm. Instead of shying away from it, even if we find it difficult and we find it strange and we're trying to find our place, I want to be here and I want to represent so that any other women in tech, young girls or whatever can see me, maybe see something they relate to and then think, I could do that. Yeah, I think I'm a bit more open to talking about it now because like you say, years gone by, I would put up with the conversations at the lunchtime table about really derogatory things Lisa and I was told once that I had to dress more like a female in order to get my career to the place that I wanted to be 
And stupid me mm. took that advice and started dressing more femaley. <laughs> I don't even know what, what dressing more femaley means. But and I and I kick myself now for following that because guess what? See the guy that told me that, Lisa? He's still in the same job, at the same position and the same level. And guess who's not? Um, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, like so there's stuff there that I've just put up with, and because I didn't feel offended. I thought I didn't wasn't appropriate to join the women in tech scene because none of that offended me and I wasn't, you know, um sensitive and soft and stuff like some of the other women that I thought. Um <laughs> but yeah, I'm much more vocal about it and much more like the other day I went on a rant on Instagram about how the fact that something I was doing, the equivalent amount of work wasn't getting recognized, but a male who did even less than I was was getting more credit and more visibility and more popularity. And I went on a, on a rant about that because that is proper gatekeeping. That is proper biases towards someone, um, to be quite honest. Um, and I also went in a rant recently, um, and I think Imran's maybe still with us. He put out a lovely post saying he had um, water bottles for that were branded with Azure, Azure Crazy. Mine's actually downstairs, so thank you for that, Imran. Um, and everybody was actually um, suggesting males. Like there was about 10 or 12 replies, Lisa, and only one person had put down a female. And I think mm. it was it was Izzy that they'd, they'd mentioned, but that was it. Mm. One person out of like those 10 tweets and I kind of lost it and put out a, a retweet. And I was like, eh, could someone me please nominate some of the amazing women that we have in this scene? Because this is just not right. Um, thankfully, people picked it up and yeah, I got a water ball. So thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to get a water ball out of it, but it was more the premise that even just doing that, see if you're nominating someone for something like that, include a female include someone that's different to you that isn't in your little bro group um because I know there's a few of them kicking about where they all just um help each other and stuff like that be more inclusive in that thing that's how to be a better ally it is difficult right like it's you're changing a habit you're changing a bias you are having to actively think about it so I yeah. get that it is requiring effort and I get that it's difficult because you know, there is a difference between trying to be inclusive and um, engaging more people. And then there is people who are literally riding the coattails of the women in tech uh, movement to, uh, they're, and it's different, it's hard, right? Because then you're like, oh my God, am I going to be accused of each one? Yeah. Um, just, it, but I, I'm really sorry, but it is hard <laughs> and it's going to require <laughs> effort. And I've had these discussions with um, like, um, men who are hiring, uh, you know, they've said it is, it's difficult to hire in women. It is. Yep. That's great. Um, you know, that's no one's denying that. It is difficult. You can express that it's difficult. You can ask for help. That's fine. But then accept that it is difficult and it's going to require effort to change. Because just like things like racism and, and, and all, all these other issues that, you know, plague our world, they require effort and they yeah. require effort from those in positions of privilege. And yes, it's hard. And yes, it's difficult. And yes, you're going to get it wrong sometimes. Um, but, and I don't mean to be competitive, it's really not as hard as suffering through it every day. <laughs> <laughs> so when we like, and I, you know, we're not asking you to become like, you know, <laughs> someone who just like chants about it every day yeah but any small effort that you can do to 
be more co- to co- uh, to be more inclusive and um yeah is is really is really appreciated and and it is hard and it's hard in a way that's uncomfortable like if it was hard work and we were just having yeah. to get like 20 logs from here to there that's a kind of that's a kind of hard that everyone can get involved with <laughs> but it's a hard that's going to make you maybe embarrassed feel awkward angry have to like have difficult conversations and that is a difficult thing to do and it is a draining thing to do so we're not saying you know just do that every day all day long um but yeah just you know step into the arena as it were um, and I would appreciate that I think a few guys have said to me privately and I'm not going to name any names but they find it hard to include women sometimes um because they think that they'll be seen as being token invites mm-hmm. um and I don't think either of us Lisa would ever want to be invited to do something just because of our well, sex or do you now <laughs> changing because I'm like I'll be there for the representation because <laughs> representation is so important. Yeah. It's so important that, I mean, you know, recently there was a panel put together for a very big conference from my company, shall we just say. <laughs> and uh, I, I seen the, the presentation came up and they were saying who's going to be the speakers and stuff. And I thought, one, I'm maybe not as good as those other people, but I think I'm good enough. And two, at this point, I would take that token um yep slot just to even be a moderator because the representation is so important for other women in the industry and younger women as well coming in and so but yeah you're right and but going speaking about that tokenism thatism thing even if people do think it's a tokenism again this is the hard part right you will know in your heart whether it's not does yeah. it really matter what other people think and at the end of the day it still ends up with a woman on a stage or at a talk yes and I've also heard people say that they're too frightened to reach out to women in case they come across as creepy by sliding into like their Twitter DMs. And let's let's be blunt about this. See if you slide into someone's like Twitter DMs and you're posting pictures of things that you shouldn't be, that's creepy. If you're posting a message and saying, hi, Sarah, how are you doing? I love your work. Can you come speak at this event? I'm totally going to reply to that. Well, I should hopefully if I don't forget. But that's the level. That's not creepy. That's totally not creepy. If if you know we maybe connect on Twitter and you've liked some things or commented, that's not creepy to reach out and ask me to do something with you. The other version of it is co- completely creepy. So please and don't be is, frightened. There is gray areas, but yeah. just, just be you know friendly and considerate. And if you want to reach out, you do actually just want to speak to you know uh, someone because you'd like to have a one-on-one conversation about these yeah. things. Um, ask realize though that you're not entitled to for them to say yes because it's difficult um I've had I had a few last year and they really took out of me because basically I spent like hours of my time trying to convince someone that like these were real issues um so yeah but um just just be uh yeah you're right Twitter is not a dating app um although I would say that the dating apps aren't aren't much better either um (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah don't don't worry chances are if you're worried about being creepy you're not going to be creepy um so nor LinkedIn (laughs) Um, so yeah I would definitely yeah just just reach out I'll tell you I had I've I've been lucky actually I don't know if I'm just too scary to honestly I don't know what it is but I've been Scottish craziness not an invitation by the way but I've been really really lucky and I've not had um many bad experiences like that 
I had an experience in the summer of 2020, um, a guy who had liked a podcast that I had liked and I tweeted about it. And he was trying to be chatty with me in the Twitter DM. And I'd replied and I was polite. Mm-hmm. Say, oh yeah, I have read that book and it's great. And then he continued to DM me like, because he clearly noticed what I was liking and stuff. And I said, yeah, that's great. And then kind of just didn't reply. And then I had to say to him like, you know, yeah, I, I like that too. And I've tried that. Um, it was about gratitude journaling. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just not, I don't want to chat. I didn't want to chat. Um, you know, I, I don't owe, we don't, I was like, I don't owe you my attention yeah. because we think we have things in common. And he continued to DM me. And I actually screenshot it and sent it to one of my one of my best friends, actually, Scott, shout out Scott. Um he I sent it to him and, and he was like, Yeah, the, no, this is strange. This is strange. And actually, when the Sarah Everard thing happened, he also put up a poll on his Instagram and asked his girlfriends to to reply and just gauge their feelings about when walking alone at night like what can we do and things like that and then he actually brought up that topic topic in his whatsapp group chats with his friends and actually talked about it in like a healthy way to like you know express what what could be done and you know people felt you know awful about being thought of like that but what can we do and that again perfect example of how to be a brilliant ally yep yeah. Oh, I've had terrifying experiences in my Twitter. Some guy asked me for com- uh, coffee. I said no because we were currently in lockdown and hadn't even like seen my family and stuff. He then took offence and started making up a story about me and said I had um, racially abused them and all this and reported me and tried to get me sacked, Lisa. Um, so that's an element of don't be creepy. Don't do that. That's exactly yeah. not. If you're not worried a- about being creepy, chances are you're not going to be creepy. It'll be yeah. the odd outlier who actually are being <laughs> creepy and want to somehow find a way. But <laughs> <laughs> chances are you're probably not. You're fine. Um, it's nice to see some people joining us. I see some people are just joining us. Um, we've got a, a good friend in the chat as well. Um, he's going by the name Ratworks tonight, but it's Chris. Um, Chris, Chris was my yeah. brilliant ally. Yes, um, Chris is my old boss. And then he's done your graphics, hasn't he, for your YouTube channel and stuff like that. So um, yeah, nice to see you here. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for joining us in. Um, we're kind of at the hour mark, but I'm kind of loving this chat, Lisa. We always chat for ages. I know, we, we, said like... this. we said they are going to, to cut us off because we'll be here until 9pm and we'll be here <laughs> from the festive tech calendar telling us to, to end it here. I don't know if we're allowed <laughs> to continue. I think we can. Let's let's go does, until. Does anybody want to? I'm really enjoying this this um, interaction, guys. Like, I, I really... I love it. No, <laughs> I mean, I right. We'll keep this quiet. I know it's a live thing, but <laughs> I secretly travelled to meet some people, um, for work purposes. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Um, maybe I just chose to work from a different location, and there were other people there. Um, but oh, oh my god, it was like a new lease of life. Um, no. I can't wait to get back to meeting people in in person. And whilst this is not the same. I, do you know what? Thanks mm-hmm. for the push, Sarah, because you've reminded me why why I actually do like being part of this community. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's is going to slightly terrify me, Lisa? Like we haven't been in person with each other for what two and a half years, and I'm dead worried about coming to meet you for a coffee or something, and then there'll be like zero chat because we don't know how to interact as people. 
Is that abnormal? <laughs> no, that I feel like you know that's yeah. Is anybody else worried about having to meet people in person? I feel like I might be quite socially awkward. Um, do you know what? We'll all be thrown in to the mix in Scottish Summit. Oh God, we're not going to recognise anybody because we'll not have filters yeah. on. <laughs> We won't have filters on. Um, we'll have like changed our hair, but no one's updated their profile. <laughs> um, is it is it Gregor? He's got a hoodie that has his name on it. Yes, Gregor and I both have hoodies because we got them as the Glasgow is your user group. So yeah, I need one of them <laughs> with my name on it so that everyone could. Uh... There was a question. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, yeah. So we had a question that we got sent in um, from when we put out the thing in mm. uh, Twitter. And it says, it says, if someone wanted to start doing video content, how do you recommend they start and overcome that kind of stage fright imposter syndrome? And is there anything kit-wise, like tools or microphones or anything you suggest as getting first of all? Do you want to, what do you think, Lisa? Yeah, because we've got two different approaches to this. Have we? <laughs> I was just kind of like, I'm going to use Zoom. <laughs> I would have just, uh, it wasn't very tech savvy. Um, let's just put it that way. Um, whereas I think, and you can you can tell, right? I mean, your stuff, Sarah, is top notch. That's why I still rely heavily on others who have the expertise, like Chris from Ratworks, who's in the chat. <laughs> um, Okay, so how to get started. This is going to be very unhelpful, but I'll try and then be helpful afterwards. So uh, just do it. <laughs> Think about ripping off a plaster <laughs> and just get it done. The second piece that could also be seen as not helpful is um, nobody... I touched on this earlier, right? We like to think that everyone's watching us and has expectations of us and is, you know, judging us you know, and I mean, it's hard to say that, that nobody really is paying that much attention with video content because you want them to pay attention. So it's a bit yeah. of a catch-22. But in the in the grand scheme of things, um, nobody is um, paying that much attention. And you have to start somewhere. If you look back at the beginning of, I'm going to use you as an example, Sarah. If you look back at the beginning of Sarah's videos, um, or anybody, just pick your favorite YouTuber and go right back to their like first video. Um, you will see the journey that they have been on. Classic saying, but like don't don't um compare your chapter one to someone's chapter twenty, right? But it's true. These these things are true. So I would definitely just start. There's a really cool statistic about about podcasts. Um, that I I need to find now. So I'm going to hand over to Christina and I'm going to look for this statistic. I'll be back. I'll be back. So this is actually a question that probably brought Lisa and I together um, back in early 2020. Like, how do you get started and how did you, like, um, and basically I give everybody the same advice. Just do it. Um, because nowadays you don't need fancy kit. It is, a it is better when you have fancy kit. Obviously your sound quality and your video quality goes up. But guess what, folks? In your pocket is a camera with audio and you can take that and you can film that. And guess what? Chances are it's going to film in like 4K. I think my phone actually does 8K. Never use that because that's going to take up all my memory card. But there's something for you to get started. You know, like go and buy a cheap 
little um, tripod, maybe go and buy a cheap lavalier microphone. I think I've got a cheap one that plugs into the bottom of my phone and it cost me £20. You don't need to spend thousands and thousands of pounds having like lighting and stuff like that. Um, I literally, like Lisa said, if you go back to the start of my videos, I was sitting in my kitchen because the best light is in my kitchen because the sun's there and I do my videos there. Um, now, yes, I do have lighting in this office to make it look better and stuff like that. But you can get started with very little kit as long as you have an idea and you just overcome it. I cringe, like massively cringe when I look back videos, like genuinely. I even cringe when we listen, I listen back to that podcast, Lisa, of us back in 2020. <laughs> um, and you sound totally different, right? But like you say, you go on that journey and as you get more involved in it, maybe as you get more... I don't know if your YouTube channel gets more popular and you get money from that, you can then reinvest that back into it. I'm still trying to hit that monetization level, but you know, you can start to invest in it if it's something that you actually enjoy doing. Uh, when I started out, I didn't want to um, invest too much money in case I didn't enjoy it, in case people yeah. didn't enjoy what I was doing. I so I bought, it. yeah, I bought like a cheap tripod and that lavalier microphone. So I think I spent maybe 30 pounds, UK pounds in total. And now I've spent much more, but it's because I realised that I enjoyed doing it and, and it was a skill that I needed, A, for my job and B, I enjoyed doing it as a hobby as well. So mm -hmm. please don't get hung up on the fact that you see like Lisa and I with kit and stuff because we've built that over a, a, a period of time, you know. Um, so, yeah, start with your mobile phone, buy a cheap microphone or something and just get going and try it. Um, and you'll soon find out if you enjoy it or if you don't like it and, and things like that. Um, to be honest that's such, a, that's such a good point you might not enjoy it yeah. um blogs still massively have a place yeah. um and there's all sorts of different things that are cropping up now like people are doing video series people are doing podcasts people are doing blogs people are doing like infographics um you know i would say um that's kind of i decided that i was going to try a podcast um and i was going to try blogging and i was going to try there was something else i feel like there was three things maybe it was youtube podcast and blogging and i was going to see which ones stuck and uh, um uh, and uh, you know it was podcasts and then it was it was youtube i personally do want to start blogging more purely from um a perspective of i think writing is a really great thing to work on so I feel like that has benefits all around. Whether people read them or not, honestly, it was like when I started the podcast, I just wanted to speak to people, like Sarah. Yeah. Um, so so I think I, I would like to start blogging more in 2022, purely just for my own benefit to improve my communication skills. Um, yeah. And even just sort of, you know, getting messaging and, and things down in my head about, about hybrid cloud. Um, so, and someone's mentioned uh, being worried about their voice. When I hear myself on a phone, I sound, you know, oh, yeah. 12. Yeah, <laughs> blogs are not dead at all. And blogs, what you're doing there, and it's like, you know, putting any content out there, is you are building a bank that will be there forever um, of your work. So I found yeah. the interesting statistic. It's from a podcast called Modern Wisdom, which, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, check it out, especially the earlier stuff. Um, 90% of podcasts don't make it to episode three. And the on, and of the ten percent that do, ninety percent don't make it past episode twenty. So by making more than twenty, you're putting yourself up there. Anyone doing a, 
doing a podcast, you know, like make that or something like that, make that the goal. You could apply that to anything, whether it's blog, creating content, speaking, etc. Um, it takes time. Yeah. Takes um, time. Can you post the, the link to that in the chat, Lisa? I don't know. Uh, I or- do not have I only have linked to the private chat and it was on my phone. So it's actually What's my friend who's a personal trainer who runs a, she's got a few <laughs> different businesses and one of those is mentoring other personal trainers to create businesses. She has referenced the stat from Modern Wisdom. Oh, okay. So I'm not entirely sure what episode it's from. Right. But Modern we'll Wisdom, you, if you search Modern Wisdom, it's on Spotify, etc. I think um, it's Chris Wills. Chris Wills X or something on Twitter and Instagram, Chris Williamson. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, um, yeah, going back to that comment about listening, you don't like listening to your own voice um, in a recording. I hated watching myself and listening to myself when I first did it. I actually got to the point where I would just play it and I wouldn't even look until like I coughed or I had to edit it and then I would come come and look and be like, oh, I've paused this and I look hideous. Um, you always pause it a bit where you look hideous, like really genuinely the faces you make. Um, do, just don't let that stop you though. See if you think you want to do something, if you want to put something out there. Don't let the fact that you don't like listening to yourself put you off because other people may want to listen to you, probably will want to listen to you. Um, and now I can actually edit my stuff. I can look at myself and I can listen to myself. I've been doing it for like three or four years now. So it does take a while to get over that thing. And I think even if you, you look to some of the big celebrities like Judy Dench or Dame Judy Dench, I think it, she's called, and Dame Maggie Smith as well, some of the, the great classics here in the UK, they've never watched themselves back. They don't, like, you know, they act. And so it's absolutely 100% normal not to want to listen to yourself back or watch yourself yeah. back. But please don't let that stop you from making great content and sharing your voice and sharing your opinions because, yeah, there's going to be someone out there that wants that wants to listen to you and needs to listen to your perspective on whatever topic you're given. And you will grow from that. Like doing those those uncomfortable things and sitting with yes. that discomfort, you will grow from that. And you'll probably get a bit more self-acceptance and uh, as well. And they, that's only good uh, for yeah. yourself, you know. Um, or, or Ned's making a very valid point. Farm it out. Get someone else to do the editing for you. That ask, ob- ask Chris how he feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's obviously a, a financial layout that maybe some people aren't able to do. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that you can do um, and, and putting that out there and getting someone else to edit it. Um, I've actually enjoyed learning how to use like Premiere Pro and, and up the sound and up the fancy graphics and stuff like that. So I wanted to keep a hold of that. Um, but yeah. yeah, you don't have to. Someone mentioned StreamYard as well and what we're using just now, you can use that to record and it's such a brilliant tool. So for my last podcast where I got the team on to talk about MS Ignite, um, I could have recorded it in Zoom and then I do have really amazing like little lower thirds for my guest names and stuff, but I was getting back into it. I wanted to make sure I did one myself. So I made it as easy as possible. No one's sitting there judging you as to whether you have used the fanciest tools and the fanciest equipment to put your, your video out. So I just yep. brought everyone in StreamYard and yep. recorded it and then put my uh, intro and outro videos on the on the end and, and away we went. So yeah. yeah, don't don't worry about that. Yeah, it's a fa- StreamYard is a fantastic tool because it's it's not 
you don't have to have a fancy PC to get involved in it. Um, it runs on a browser for anybody that's never used it before. So I don't have to get a massive graphics card. I don't have to have all that kind of power. I don't have to worry about my connection or my guest connection. Um, it, it works really well and you can do fancy graphics and banners and I just type this in and look, there's a fancy banner and I just type that button in and then hit the button to make it appear. So yeah, there's tools out there that can make it a lot easier for you um, and things like that. So yeah, everybody will cry OBS. And I think Simon did um, put that in the comments. OBS is something that I wanted to get to use because it's open broadcast software for anybody that's never used it. And it's great and it's fantastic and it can do amazing things, but it's a super steep learning curve. And I hate having to use it every time I have to use it for whatever reason, because doesn't go well and I get panicky and I start getting nervous and things go wrong that way. So yeah, OBS is great, great entry level if you've got the hardware to support it because um, yeah, I tried to run it on my previous laptop and it didn't work and it didn't like it and it completely was horrible. So yeah, there's always different entry um, points, different things to try out. I used um, DaVinci Resolve um, to put my last one together. So I recorded in StreamYards, which made basically 95% of the video look amazing yeah. and then I dropped it into DaVinci Resolve I said I say this like I did it really easily and I wasn't texting and panicking and um, but how to it but I got there <laughs> in the end added in my intro my outro um managed to create uh, the video version and then the audio version for my podcast and yeah it worked yep um, um Imran's talking about imposter syndrome and how he'd never come across the term until earlier this year and he's still coming across people that don't know what it is but suffer from it um I have suffered from it at times I sometimes tell myself to get a grip and uh, move on because it's all in my head sometimes Lisa but um imposter syndrome is that something that you sometimes so, struggle with Imran also said that I did a great video on it and Imran is correct I did a really good talk on it <laughs> which I am now scrambling for the content because then <laughs> When I, I'll tell I'll tell you I'll tell you something right so when I took my months off away from from everything um one it was definitely needed and two I would definitely do it again if I if I needed to and I wrote a, wee, a post on on LinkedIn and I said to people if you need to take a break and you need to stop just do it however having now done that and doing this whole uh, extreme one to the other type thing <laughs> I would advise that you have a plan for coming back in and a timeline because I started to feel like, oh, I should really get back in now. And then I had this overwhelm of how, when, I can't even remember how to use Twitter. Do I even know what I'm talking about when it comes to Azure Stack? It was it was really yeah. overwhelming. And um, so I would advise, first of all, that if you do take um if you do take a time out, have a come have a plan to come back. Uh, to ease yourself back in it doesn't need to be a, a you know I'm I'm definitely coming back from this date but yeah. you know, after two months and we're, or a month and we're reevaluate and this you know ha ha definitely do that because now what I'm trying to do is locate my slides from that very awesome talk because I did research on it and <laughs> it was um it had formed part of my how starting a podcast got me through a pandemic talk and then I decided to beef out a little bit more and yeah. I delivered a talk at a user group uh, last year purely on imposter syndrome and I came up with uh, there's like a an a, a advised like five-step process on how to deal with it so okay. um, I'm just gonna look for those slides <laughs> um, um, 
Yeah. Um, hello to Michael that's joined us. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, I Merry think we're allowed to say Merry Christmas. Um, we actually did a, a show with Michael. Was it last year? This year? Oh, this year. This year. This yeah. year. I think it was yeah. one of the one of the last ones I did was about it was about videos and it was one of your lives. Yeah, we did that, so that was fun. We need to we need to do more of these lives. I'm loving the fact that people are here are still just listening to us have it. I mean, it is a slightly controlled catch up than it would be, <laughs> and, but it's, and I love that you guys are all just like chatting in the chat as well. Um, mm. Oh, thanks, Chris. I've actually just found the deck, so I'll get back to you on that great advice about imposter syndrome once I've, <laughs> once I've figured out what it is myself. But yeah, um, it is a hard one because a lot of people suffer from it and a lot of people who are potentially, I want to say, big celebrities or, or high profile people in the industry or in the community suffer from it, even though they might not seem to. Um, so anybody that's suffering out there, please don't think you're alone because you're I not. Found, I found the slides. I Have you? Are you, are you, yeah. you going to do a whole talk, Lisa? No. I won't do that but you know what it's good to know that this video was useful and i think it was uploaded onto the user groups um it was cork.net all right in, okay it was in june and i think they uploaded it and i'm not sure if i then uploaded it to my youtube i will need to check but we'll we'll have a we'll have a look see i'm definitely i'm not back in the game fully yet guys i'm not back in the game. <laughs> um but it was overcoming imposter syndrome using the five R's. So I talked about imposter syndrome and the Dunning-Kruger effect. I talked about what is a cognitive bias, um, what actually is um, imposter syndrome. So some examples are you might feel undeserving of your achievements. You might feel like success is down to luck. You might feel like a fraud or like you might be discovered at any point. That's definitely one of mine. Um and it's where simple sort of self-criticism, which can be healthy in small doses, sort of snowballs into imposter syndrome. And that's that's kind of where it goes a bit, it goes a bit wrong. But um, in my talk, I said, you're not broken, you are human. So that's a little reminder for myself. And then the five R's to come overcome imposter syndrome. You already take notes. <laughs> I found the video and I've posted the link in the chat. Good, we're having an impromptu session, right? So I won't do the whole set. I won't do it now. You can go and watch the video. Um, I won't watch the video back after we've just talked about it. So I will read these five hours myself tonight. But basically it's uh, recognize, rationalize, reframe, ready yourself and repeat. Um, so um, I, I think I mentioned this earlier. It's really important that when, when, when thoughts come into your head to recognize and then label them, that's like a really helpful method. Um, so recognizing and being aware of imposter syndrome and labeling it as such kind of stops the thought in its tracks and allows you to, to deal with it. Rationalize, so, you know, acknowledge your achievements that maybe led you to this point. Keep an achievement diary um, from really small things up to really big things in your life. Um, maybe start to do that so you can go back to it. Um, then reframe. So this is about changing your perception of that thought. So try and catch them, label them, um, especially thoughts that are very all or nothing. Like I, like I said before about burnout, I think that's a good sign. Um, and try and recognize areas of uh, wins and positives and areas for improvements and get out of the, the um, all or nothing. Uh, ready yourself uh, so probably the toughest stage and that's when you ready yourself to let go of those thoughts and those self-doubts 
and then repeat because it doesn't go away. <laughs> you just get better at uh, you get better at dealing with it. Um, so yeah. yeah, be kind to yourself when you are as well. Yeah, I think one of the things I do on that is I actually keep a stat of all the, the speaking gigs that I do. So every conference mm -hmm. I've ever spoke at, um, I've actually got a Power BI dashboard and a SQL server that stores all that data. I'm such a nerd. Um, but Teach I like, <laughs> But I like to look at that occasionally, see when I panic about the fact that I'm underprepared for another talk or I'm, I'm worried about the, the, the fact that this is a rubbish talk and people's going to hate it. I sometimes look at that little chart and remember that I've I've been around the world and I've spoke to hundreds and thousands of people, Lisa, and it, and it's like the kick up the bum that I need to to either do the slide deck for the upcoming presentation I'm about to do and I'm panicking about, or it just reminds me and it gives me that lovely that lovely sense of achievement that sometimes I forget because I'm too busy thinking about oh, I'm going to be rubbish, people are going to hate me, they're not going to like this, this is not what it should be, all that kind of stuff. So yeah it's um it definitely yeah. never goes away and it definitely can hit at any point this morning i had a really great chat with a sales team and i loved it i was allowed to let go a little bit so i wasn't towing the company line entirely um i was asked for my opinions um and so, so i gave my opinions um but it, it was in a, a constructive way uh, around cloud multi-cloud etc hybrid clouds and we had really great conversation and i left that meeting feeling really energized and I was totally ready to go in and record this webinar. Um, and I don't know what it is about recorded webinars versus live webinars. But when I started to do them last year, I struggled with this. As soon as I slipped up, yeah. it all fell apart because I knew I could do a redo. But as soon as I did it once, then it just spiraled. Yeah. And this webinar earlier today, wow, was awful. Um I who I'm not a fan. Um I'm sure it's all right. It's definitely not my best. It's definitely not up to the standard of of what I can do. Um and that was that was funny because I I was like it's like an outer body experience. I could see myself, I kept slipping up and then having to redo it and getting worse. And honestly, I started sweating and everything, and I was like, this is horrible, just as well. This is recorded and behind my desk. Um and uh, the thoughts that were coming into my head were ridiculous. I, it was yeah. like, yeah, see, you know, told you you weren't, you know, you've, you, you've taken too much time off. You don't know what you're doing. All these kind of kind of kind of things. It's and it's 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 difficult. It's it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, don't expect to cure it, um, but do actively try and find ways that it doesn't. Um, create barriers to you doing what you are more than capable of doing. Exactly. And I think sometimes we forget when we see those like video recordings that it looks dead flawless as well, Lisa. But what you've not seen is the, the, the garbage that is on the cutting room floor. Like I filmed a video this morning for you um, for your um, Azure Stack and Azure Arc Christmas you've event. Just, or you've just days. released a secret piece of information. Oh, I've not told anybody that you're a guest. I mean, it's not, I'm sure everyone's like, wow. But it's, it's <laughs> well, in my 12 days of Christmas. I forgot that was a secret. And there was folk listening to us. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> anyway, there's tons of edits and I'll probably, I'll, I might release some of them in a bloopers reel um, at the end of the year. But 
there's tons of stuff that went on that like got cut and got bent mm. and deleted because and there's I think I don't can't remember how long my video is four or five minutes or something there was about 10 minutes of footage so mm. it got like it got like cramped down because of the the absolute garbage that came out of my mouth the first couple of takes mm. so I think some people see um like that those one touch those one take videos on like youtube or whatever and think well i can't do that because i can't do it in one take guess what folks i very rarely do a video in one take mm. sometimes i can um <laughs> but don't let that kind of awesomeness that you see put you mm. off as well because that sometimes i think um, is a barrier for people and it helps kick off that imposter syndrome sometimes yeah. for some people and then yeah, I'm rambling absolutely. My secret. it's it's weird as well because I feel like if that if that webinar was live I think I would have been fine. Yeah. Because when you're live there is no other option. So even yeah. if you do mess up, fumble, lose your train of thought, you like survival mode kicks in. Yeah. You have to Yeah, so I was I was extremely frustrated at myself, which means I have not actually recorded my video. Because it put me in a it put me in a bad mood, um, which is you know it's all right. I'm human, but I'm yeah. trying to I am trying to work on not letting things affect me like that because uh, that's that's definitely something that I've been struggling with recently. Is things yeah. really affecting me and then affecting the rest of my day or or what I can do? But um, yeah, I'll uh, we'll get there. Definitely, like if you have a bad experience like that, don't let it continue to upset other things or let it yeah. play on your mind which is easy easier said than done because yeah there's times when I talk to someone had, about it yeah I put, a, I put a message into my team chat and I was like guys I just tanked a webinar yeah and again I mentioned them earlier Michael Wells and a few other uh Jayanth as well um messaged uh just like little words of encouragement and it was funny because I messaged and then I thought, oh, do I look like I'm just moaning or being emotional or, you know, whatever. But I was like, no, like, this is it. Like, we all do these things. Yeah. Like, sure. but I just wanted to share, like, how I felt and, and, and see if they had any had any thoughts. And they were. They were, they were like, super supportive. So that was nice. Um, but I think we also have to remember we don't have to be 100% in everything that we do. No. Which is maybe a, a weird statement, but it's about improving yourself. Is not the yeah. one. Yeah, you can't always hit perfection. There'll be some days when you are absolutely nailing it out the door, you're ticking off your box, you're delivering things fantastically, but that perfection can't last all the time. You rarely hit that perfection all the time. Um, no. So don't don't worry about it. Just put it to the side and then learn from that experience and try to be 1% better the next time you do it. And, and perfectionism isn't relatable. We're yeah. all humans. We all yeah. suffer from everything that we've spoken about tonight, so... Yes. I'll just continue to be a hot mess on camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's so nice. new. 2022. That's what's happening on Lisa at the Edge. We'll see. Nice. That's what's happening. I was actually going to try and wrap this up with that question about what are you planning to do for 2022, Lisa? Yes. Is there anything you want to do differently, better, new, repeat some stuff? What's the plan? Oh, now we're asking. This is deep to be ending on. And it's on um, camera, so, you know, I you've know, committed to it. So, like... <laughs> um, so, I definitely want to get back into Lisa at the Edge. Um, I think that I need to be really realistic about what that means. I don't mm -hmm. think I'll be able to do as much as I did before. 
Um, and so I will probably just focus on Lisa at the edge. Yeah. Um, I want to sit down, to be honest, and have a realistic maybe three to six month plan, sort of set some really high level 12 month goals and then, you know, maybe get a little bit more detailed for three to six months. Um, I want to be realistic. So, you know, I'm not doing a podcast a week. That's not happening. <laughs> um, Bailey is going to feature heavily in my life in 2022 and really be my priority. I think myself and my horse will be my priority for 2022. Um, but yeah, I want to get back to Lisa at the Edge podcast. Um, I want to do more with my uh, teammates around uh, Agistac and Agistac HCI because we have a great bunch of people on the team and they are so knowledgeable um, on the topic. So I want to do more with them. I definitely want to try, here we go. I don't want to do too much, but here's everything that I want to do. There's um, 20 things on the list. I, know. <laughs> I definitely do want to try and write more. So I want to try blogging. Nobody pay attention to that. It's going to be my little practice while, whilst I write. Um, but yeah, I think and just really try and uh, strive for that whole work-life balance. Um, I think it's going to be easier now that I have a life outside of work than I have I have a horse, but I think, yeah, just just try for that. Try and, um, going back to the whole women in tech thing, try my best to just represent, um, help out where I can uh, and try and not let things get me down mm-hmm. um, and definitely make the most of the relationships that I've made in the last uh, few years with the community, like with yourself. Um, you're, you've been a wee rock, Sarah. <laughs> and you're uh, sorry to tell you this, but you're going to continue to be a rock in 2022. So that's the role that you have. Awesome. <laughs> so that that's me. What's uh what's up for Techie last? Because actually, before you go, I want to ask you about your new job. Oh, okay. Because I think I don't think you've been you've done like you've done your weekly updates and stuff. Still joining, but mm-hmm. I think give everyone a little a little update on where you are now and what you're up to. And then tell me about what you've got planned for 2022. Um, so, yeah, I think it's about two months since I joined Octopus Deploy, which is just a scary amount of time that's passed, Lisa, um, and it's really good for um, So, yeah, I'm now part of Octopus Deploy. I am, I'm working in the community team with Derek Campbell. And there's a few folk joining us in the new year, which I'm super excited about to expand the team. Um, basically, we are um, looking at the kind of advocacy side of things and building up that community, that DevOps community that use Octopus Deploy. And hopefully have we've got amazing plans. I'll try and not give away too many secrets after one secret already tonight. Um, but yeah, we've got super amazing plans on the go. Um, so I've got lots of learning to do because... Um, I'll be honest, I never touched Octopus Deploy before I joined the company. Um, So there's a massive learning curve there for me to ramp up my knowledge on the product itself and then have a look at other things that surround it. So I've obviously got my Azure knowledge that I'm going to pull in and use to do that. Um, I've just realized that maybe not everybody knows what Octopus Deploy is. It's a DevOps tool that can help you with that automation. That's a really simplistic um, view of it but I did write a blog this week on it so you know head over to my blog if you want to see more um but yeah so I've got a lot of knowledge to ramp up on on Octopus Deploy and um, I do want to get more involved with AWS and um, I've signed myself up for a training plan to learn a bit more about AWS nice. with the view of 
actually sit in that first kind of exam. I can't remember what they call their exam. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of things I want to do in terms of the work um, with that. And then we'll see where that takes us. So got super exciting stuff coming out of that. Um, I still want to do a lot of the community stuff. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people forgot that I did like my YouTube channel, my weekly yeah. video, my blog, the Glasgow Azure user group, all as outside activities from Microsoft. Like I was not paid to do any of them. I'm still not paid. Or outside of your role as a community member, much like, for instance, an MVP might do. Yes. Um, so yeah, lots of those activities. So I still still want to do that. I still want to try and find time to do that. I have been, I'll be honest, questioning whether I still do my weekly videos. There are a right. lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I'm now at like 118 or something of them, Lisa. Um, so um, I feel do like it's a Stop at the end of this year and then next year do like a monthly update. I know I'm I'm toying with doing something differently but I don't I feel it's also a shame to stop doing that yeah. and I kind of want to keep doing that run to hit like the big numbers yeah. um so yeah someone's asking if I'm an MVP I'm not um so, I never have been Clara <laughs> used to work for Microsoft so you can't be an MVP if you work for Microsoft but yes. now that she is no longer working for Microsoft um yeah um anyway <laughs> so yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do um, with all the stuff, the activities that I want to do, because I still yeah. want to do speaking. I still want to do my blog. I enjoy doing that. I'm getting um, kind of cadence out of that. I still enjoy the YouTube stuff. It's just about trying to fit that in and have that work-life balance, Lisa, because I don't want to yeah. be spending every day learning something amazing and doing stuff amazingly for Octopus Deploy and then sit here in the same spot at night and have to do that every single night. That's definitely not where I, I want to be. I think we need to have a planning session because we both just said, I want to find work-life balance. I don't want to do as much. Mm -hmm. We spoke about the expectations that we now have on ourselves after everything that we've done. And then we've listed out a whole bunch of stuff that we want to do. <laughs> so I think what we need to do, it would be quite nice actually, end of the year, have a bit of a planning session and realistically talk to each other about what is um, yeah capable. I think I need to figure out what the output of some of those activities are like what I'm trying to get yeah. out of them um, yeah. because I enjoy them all but then I don't have enough time for all of them at the same time mm -hmm. so which ones I want to prioritize and what's the objective for long term like five years ten years all that kind of good stuff I think um is where I need to be at so yeah. 2022 um yeah uh, although I already have some holidays booked, so I've got vacations booked. Um, so there will be times when I won't be around. Um, so I'm super excited for that because yes. we've not really yeah. had vacations much in the last two years. So, yes. Yes, vacations away from uh, the home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've got them booked and stuff like that. So definitely forward planning about getting back out there and doing the stuff that's not inside this room, Lisa, but there's going to be lots of stuff that will happen inside this room as well. So, yeah. Um, but I think this is probably a good place to wrap up. for hanging with us. I know. I'm actually amazed. <laughs> on, it's been going well for Scottish Summit and being in person conferences. I know. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed this, actually. This has been really fun, and I can't believe we've been here for quite a while. Thank you to everybody um, for joining us. Thank you for all the chat, the questions, um, the conversations. Thank you, Lisa, for joining me and giving up your evening to be here with me as well and doing this and being a great friend and supportee and, yeah, 
all that fun stuff. Um, for you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you, everybody. And um, we really Thanks, do appreciate everybody. it. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.